Apparently we talked about sweaty balls on the podcast and it was okay. So we have to have a home run at some point, right? The law of averages says that there's... <laughs> So the original tweet said, was the sweep karma for our shots at the Orioles last week? Yes. And welcome to episode number 116 of Artificial Turf War, where we're still waiting on our plane ticket to our rehab assignment. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I'm joined tonight by Joshua Housem. Josh, how's it going? Not too bad. And you? Uh, very well, very well. We actually have a super secret third person in the booth. Um, I'd like you to meet Butterscotch the Wabbit, who has somehow ended up in my, uh, my studio for the duration here. <laughs> what? <laughs> we have a pet rabbit. And oh. um, yeah, pet rabbit's in here. And uh, pet rabbit has no vocal cords, so not a lot of contribution. Uh, but if you want to see Butterscotch the Rabbit, you can look at on Instagram at Butterscotch the Wabbit with a W. Uh, she's quite famous, as I'm told by <clears throat> her owner. Anyway, hopefully there will be no loud banging noises in the background as the bunny knocks things over. We can move on to the part where the Blue Jays uh, didn't do very well at all this week. Uh, they took two or three from the Phillies, and then they just got slaughtered by Baltimore on the road. Um, also, we can talk about Kendris Morales making history. We can talk about... Aaron Sanchez and how he really didn't make any history coming back. The Arizona Fall League is taking shape as all of the prospects from different teams get cobbled together. Uh, Josh Donaldson rehabbing, which I have here in quotation marks for some reason, Josh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and there's another trade deadline in baseball because there's nothing that baseball doesn't like more than a long and drawn out process to get to the playoff. So what do we think about the Blue Jays? actual on-field situation here because those two wins that they had against the Phillies one of those was really a lot more luck than skill right uh yeah I mean that this was that was the Sanchez start I think is the one you're talking about but the Jays I mean they, they had a five game winning streak in there and yet in their last 13 games they are five and eight Sounds like the team I know. <laughs> four losses, five wins, four losses. They do like bunching things up. Yeah, yeah. They're not doing that sweep, get swept thing all the time now, but the, the, sort of the general feel is similar. I, the, the game I was referring to is the game they won 8-6 against the Philly. Yeah, that was a Sanchez game. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's so many games that they've gone down 5 nothing or worse that I was momentarily unsure who started. Fair point. No, the other game was uh, Barucki, who pitched actually very well against the Phillies. I think he went six and a third, gave up two runs. Far, far cry from his second outing of, of the week against the Orioles, where he did make it out of the fourth. But you know, that, it was actually a, a big shock. I mean, we talked about the way this team had played against good teams of late in our last podcast. So to see them go and take two or three from a team that was in a fight for a playoff spot was quite nice. And then they took that goodwill and just <laughs> set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, they set a lot of things on fire. That's that's what this team does. Uh, in a strange twist, when the Phillies came to town, they did not have a Blue Jay legend playing for them. 
and now they do. I, I, I don't know what the timing was all about on that. It would have been kind of cool to see uh, them face off against Jose Bautista. But nevertheless, the Mets traded him to the Phillies. Yeah, it would have been weird seeing get, getting two Bautista comebacks, especially because yeah, when he was with the Braves, people were lining up to buy those tickets for that game, that first game against the Braves, and then he got released before that game. And then they showed up when the Mets played. It'd be funny if they got to show up again for the Phillies, but alas, it was not meant to be. And Aaron Loop didn't play in the series either. You know, those two names go together, right? They were both, both mentioning in the same sentence. <laughs> well, legend begins with an L and Loop begins with an L, so I guess they have something in common. You came up with that very quickly. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm light on my feet. Uh, yeah. It also there... begins with an L. Hmm? I said that also begins, also begins with an L. Out, yes. The Blue Jays' problem has not been the hitting. There have been runs on the board in a lot of these games for the Blue Jays. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it ha- the hitting hasn't been great either. I mean, they got shut out in that first game against Baltimore. Right, but overall, it, it's not like, oh my God, nobody, nobody's hitting the baseball. It's generally the number of runs against them is just... Sky, what did they average 10 runs a game versus the Orioles? Almost, yeah, they gave up 29 runs in the three games. A lo- does the lineup have anyone with an OPS of over 700 at the moment? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to check. Because when Manny Machado left, I don't think there was anybody over like 732 or something at that point. So, yeah, that that's the team that, that just wiped the floor with you. There's definitely something's got to give before spring training of uh of 2019 yeah i mean and, and something will you know we don't know exactly what's going to happen there but there's definitely gonna be some changes made and i mean they have to they can't they can't go in with this again and they won't right they've got these young guys coming up and then they've got a bunch of guys that are going to be leaving so changes will come and it'll give us a good sense of the direction that the team is heading in next year depending on who they go out and get just as we said this year right Yep. You know, we didn't know what they were going to do, and then they went and sort of got these floor-raising players, which obviously didn't do the job. And that sort of signified, oh, they're going to try to tread water and contend again, but I don't think we're going to see that again. No, I don't think that the timelines line up for another, uh, we'll just kind of hodgepodge it together season. But uh, that's yet to be determined, like you said. I, perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, we can celebrate the offense of Kendris Morales, a man who was batting, what, what 150-something before he made one appearance as a pitcher? It was bad. I, mean, I don't remember what the numbers actually were, but he uh, he had an unbelievable turnaround. I mean, it, I don't think I can remember anything like that where a guy was just like, he, he was dead in the water. I mean, everyone was writing him off. His season was done. His career was done. They should just release him. And now he leads the team in OPS among guys with you know a certain number of plate appearances. I think I remember David Ortiz one year having not not that abysmal season, but having hit like no home runs into the second week of May, and he was thirty six or thirty seven, and they had already chiseled the, his gravestone basically. And three years later, David Ortiz was still an offensive force for the Boston Red Sox. So I guess that's kind of what I I'm reminded of, like, probably also because he was a DH. Uh, the Blue Jays could have really used more Kendris Morales-ness earlier on in the season. I think maybe it would have helped a little bit. But he hit seven home runs, or sorry, home runs in seven consecutive games. 
lots of records there. In Blue Jay land, he's way past the record. But he's also the only switch hitter in Major League Baseball to ever do that. I thought that was kind of a neat little side record. Yeah, well, I think he might have hit them all left-handed, which is kind of goofy. I'm not 100% sure on that. I was actually at the last one of these, and I guess that's sort of a, like the, the crowd around us was like, we're all hyped. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we don't actually expect it. And then when he hit the home run, the seventh one, I think four people, me included, were like, oh, my God, he did it again. <laughs> I, I think a season needs oh my god moments, even if they're not individual accomplishments, because it's it's been that kind of year, right? That that there hasn't been much to talk about. So it, it is really cool that it's not just like oh a Blue Jays record or kind of a you know a, a personal best streak or something. It it really is a, uh, a a both lucky and skilled accomplishment. Also, a really weird thing with the Blue Jays calendar, which I'm sure you saw, where the the, uh, the the fact the day. fact of the day was the players who'd hit eight home run, home runs in eight straight games happened to fall on the day where he could have tied it. Yes, that is the yeah, weirdest that's... thing, man. I, I like, yeah. So that calendar is still correct for those of you who have your Blue Jay fact today calendar and haven't looked at August. I think it's twenty seventh or twenty eighth. Don't worry, it's not out of date. Yeah, that's really funny. That's that's the baseball gods having some fun with everybody. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. We talked about Ryan Barucki, good start, bad start. We also mentioned Aaron Sanchez. That was a return from the DL start. I guess I didn't highlight that earlier. He's all better, but he's he's not good enough yet. Maybe for prime time. Did they did they hurry Sanchez back? I don't think so. I mean, I think he was ready to come back, but he sort of continued part of his issue that he's had this season where he just wasn't throwing as hard. I mean, like he's still throwing pretty hard, but he's off by a mile an hour from last year. And, you know, that's not insignificant, especially when you're a guy who relies so heavily on your fastball. So that's obviously meaningful to some degree, at least. And then one of the weird things about the start is his fastball that he was throwing the most was his four seamer, which he doesn't typically do. Usually he relies on the sinker first to get those ground balls. So I think that may have contributed to how hittable he was. So he may not do that next time out. He did. One of the encouraging things, though, was he was throwing more curveballs, which seemed to be an issue for him early in the season. Pitchers, I find they they mess with their mix or they mess with what they're doing, and it seems very opaque to people who are watching as to why they would take something that seemed to be working very well and then just randomly alter it. We talked about Stroman a lot last year and Osuna um, doing things that didn't make any sense and then eventually going back to the thing that worked for them. And there's another example, Sanchez. It's like, why are you throwing four-seam fastballs? Do you not trust the infield? Do you not have a feel for the pitch? Is it... It's frustrating, I think, um, and I, I wonder sometimes if it's frustrating as a as a coach if you don't know why he's going out there and doing that. Yeah, I do wonder if part of this is based on the ball because you know, we've talked about many examples of this in the past. But I mean, Aaron uh, Marcus Stroman talked about the ball when he got his you know out with a blister, which the horrible one we talked about last time, and the sinker specifically, you have to really pull put pressure on your index finger to throw that pitch. Because that's what makes the ball run or dive in the case of Marcus Stroman. So I wonder if there's part of that that's come at play, or at least with the curveball with Sanchez more so, because he has been throwing sinkers. But either way, I think that ball might be having a bigger impact on pitchers' repertoires than we're giving credit. 
What was the, with the ball the other night in Baltimore that apparently the ball was all soggy? Well, it was just extremely humid. And, okay. Is that bad and for a pitcher or good? For, there's a, there's it's a not good. You don't really want that because you sweat, right? right? Sweat equals wetness. So obviously that's not ideal. But And apparently the... <laughs> The sweat from the umpire was causing the balls in his little pouch to get all wet. Oh, <laughs> oh maybe I shouldn't have asked about that at all. <laughs> that was a more visceral reaction than I was expecting. It's so really anyway, uh, literally, we talked about sweaty balls on the podcast and it was OK. Um, the Arizona Fall League rosters were announced. <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not humid there. So there you go. <laughs> very dry. Very, very dry. Which also can be a problem with grip, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, that's why they have the powders and everything like that. So we guessed at this last week, or, or, or we said who we would send. And we got some of them, right? So Vlad is going. Cool. Bo is going. And Kevin Vigio is going. So that's a fun trio to watch right there. Yeah, and it's a bit of a reunion for... Uh... Vlad um, because he was playing with those two guys for most of the season and had to had to go away and they didn't ever get that call yeah although he might also go back down there for the playoffs because New Hampshire made it and Buffalo didn't I'm guessing he will just because why not go try to win uh, and then the pitchers they sent are Jackson McClellan who I also thought might go Zach Jackson and Sean Mar Morimando which most people don't know who that is obviously I don't know who it is because I don't I'm not don't even know the people I'm supposed to know who they are <laughs> fair enough uh so moramando he's a 25 year old reliever essentially actually he's a starter but should be a reliever at some point so i'm a little surprised at this one i mean he's not doing well in buffalo i don't really know the reason for this it seems kind of odd Ooh, cryptic mystery and it's weird because there is a limited number of roster spots on, for each team on the afl Correct. Here's a fun little fact, though. He has made two big league appearances. His big league debut was against the Blue Jays in 2006. 16. <laughs> 2006? <laughs> Eight years old. <laughs> yeah, 2016. <laughs> well, that's cool. I, I uh, also don't remember him from then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what Arizona Fall League is, I forget, how many weeks long is it? Three, I think. So it's not a huge number of reps we're talking about here. It's it's more of a showcase. Yeah, and I also think it's you know, they, we talk about the reasons the guy will send, they'll send a, a guy to the Arizona Fall League. I think in this case is to see against a grouping of top type guys what Bo and Vlad will do, and then for Kevin Biggio, it could be that, but it also could be a showcase for other teams too. Because I'm not sure how much they're really looking at him as a future piece. Were there no Bobachet and Vlad Guerrero Jr., I have a feeling that uh, Biggio's story would be the biggest Blue Jays minor league story of the year, though, had he not been overshadowed by those other two guys. I mean, there's a good case that his story is better than Bobachet's this year. I mean, he's played better, but because no one expected Kevin Biggio to do anything like what he's been doing. The power came completely out of nowhere, so cool, good on him. <laughs> you know, fans get to see these guys again for a couple weeks. Yeah, and uh, useful pieces are not just useful on the field. Sometimes they're useful to, like you said, trade them. 
Uh, the other reason why you might see someone in a uniform that you're not used to, other than playing in the playoffs or going down to the AFL, is because he's injured and needs to come back from rehab. And, and that is Josh Donaldson in the sunny climate of Dunedin. Who... <laughs> not quite so sunny. It's pouring there. They almost... yeah. <laughs> that was quite good, good segue, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> but <laughs> this is a, a weird situation. So they sent him out on this rehab assignment. And he played five innings in the first game. And then immediately the next game had calf and leg soreness. But like, this literally falls under, are you kidding me, for me? My only, I have two conclusions, possible conclusions. One is Josh Donaldson uh, has been told, more or less, that if you're anywhere near game shape, we need to get you in a game. And you'll probably go over the reasons why that's important to do right now. or. Two, he's irrevocably, irrevocably broken, and the Blue Jays literally don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's really, it's really weird situation. I mean, it seemed like he, I mean, he was building towards this. It wasn't like it came out of nowhere. He'd been amping up his running and everything like that. So, I don't know. The timing is obviously funny because of you know, the waiver deadline, which we're going to go into a little more depth on. But that's tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday. They have to trade him. By Friday, which meant he had to go on waivers by Wednesday, and he had to be playing in order to go on waivers. So the timing is a little coincidental, shall we say? Yeah, you better go play, because we need to potentially get rid of you. So get on the field. And then yeah. it's like, oh, well, I, I'm on the field, but I'm not really on the field, because I can't go right back out on the field. That just yeah. is like, what? Yeah, and apparently he's going to try. They have a doubleheader today, so apparently he's going to play one of the two games and that will probably be a heavily heavy determining factor in the ability for the Blue Jays to trade him and the situation with the would, two would you like an update on that sure he played game one he hit a oh. bomb he flew out he grounded out all right there you go so <laughs> he did play and I guess how he feels tomorrow will really be the telling situation right if he's like oh I need another day off after this then I don't know how does the team trade for that Nobody does. Nobody in their right mind does. Play for a, a guy who you're only going to have for a month who maybe plays two days out of three. If Yeah, there's there's nothing. I would argue there's really not much there right now other than if you really, really, really wanted the name Josh Donaldson on your roster. I'm, I'm sure there's, if someone's trying to trade right at this deadline, there's there's probably someone else who's more of a sure thing than J.D. Oh, absolutely, but you're not getting anywhere close to the upside, right? Like, if you're, say, the Phillies or Cleveland or something, and you're like, we want a guy that if he comes back to full tilt by the end of the, especially the a Cleveland team like Cleveland, who's going to the postseason, right? It's like, as long as he's healthy and raring to go by the last two weeks of the season, that's a guy that can slot in in the four-stick or the three-stick or whatever in their lineup for the postseason. Yeah, I, I just don't know why any team would believe that that was a reasonable expectation at this point. I guess it doesn't cost them much to find out. Well, that's the thing, right? It's you, You're not going to be trading. I mean, the Cubs got Daniel Murphy for nothing. And Daniel Murphy was raking and healthy. So I, I don't see any trade having a lot of value. But the situation is going forward will be interesting, too. Josh Donaldson was giving some quotes to Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun. And he's going to have a whole piece up at some point. By the time you listen to us, it'll be up, but it's not up yet. But two of the quotes 
One, on reports that the Jays put him on waivers, quote, I can't control that, man. I can't control what the team wants to do with me. One, everyone goes on waivers, but he still doesn't sound happy about it. But the next one, on his situation with the Blue Jays front office this year, quote, there's a lot I can say about that, but I choose not to say anything about it right now. There will be a time. Don't pull any punches there, Josh. That's ominous sounding. <laughs> well, I, you know, obviously he's he's not happy where he's at, whether that be because of the injury or because, you know, he's getting messages one way or another. Uh, but at the same time, I you know, is, he, is someone going to come and negotiate a contract with him or, you know, reach out after this season? With anything other than than a qualifying offer or a one-year deal. I don't think anybody in the Blue Jays organization does that. No. No, it's, it's a very weird situation. I mean, we went into oh. the season talking about the reliability of Josh Donaldson. And that, it's like we took it out on the mound and poured gasoline all over it. <laughs> like, More things being set on fire. We talked about this earlier on. Well, we do. Yeah, someone cursed this team. But uh, so here's actually an update. So Andrew Stoughton just put this out. If a player on the DL clears revocable slash trade waivers, he needs to be activated within 72 hours. That's a tough ask for Josh Donaldson. (laughs) (sighs) So so what's his path to being traded at the moment? Basically, he needs to clear waivers and then be ready to be activated in three days. And how long does clearing waivers potentially take? It takes 48 hours. Holy moly. Anyway. And also, he so another quote, he said he wanted to have a little stint in AAA before going back to the big leagues. Um. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just plays out the string in Toronto and they don't get anything for him. And then th- those three weeks, say, are him getting, you know... A, a picture of, or giving people a picture of what he can actually do without worrying about being traded or not, which is maybe what he wanted all along. That's the only way that his quotes make sense to me. I guess, or maybe he just doesn't, I think it's more, he doesn't want to come up until he's absolutely ready because he's a pending free agent. It's not so much the wanting to play out the string part. I think he'd much prefer to be in a pennant race, but I think that he doesn't want to get rushed back and struggle. So why did he clean out his locker? That's not. <laughs> they just mailed him his stuff so he could go on the rehab assignment. Oh, my goodness. So the second trade deadline uh, we wanted to talk at least briefly about because that first whole trade deadline was about not having to go on waivers before you were traded so you could be claimed by some team and potentially blocked out of a trade. But this is the real trade deadline. Not really. You can trade for people in September, too. But what's key about this trade deadline, Josh? The key point here is that if you trade a, get, acquire a player before this one, they are eligible to play for you in the postseason. That's the big one. So like the Jays, for example, traded for Darwin Barney before the uh, in uh, September of 2015 because of their middle infielders were all injured. Yep. But he wasn't eligible to play in the postseason. Whereas Pennington, who they traded for in August, was. And that's the big one. So, like, a team trading for Josh Donaldson will not want to have to be like, okay, you can't be on our postseason roster. Oh, no, no, they definitely. But if, if there is someone with a short-term injury or a, uh, a role to fill in the bullpen maybe for a couple of weeks, you might see um, a body move still in September. But, but if anybody wants to 
really make that push and, and have someone carry them into the through the playoffs that's got to happen in the next 30 well as we record this 36 hours yeah yeah it's got to be by the end of the day on the 31st so not even 36 hours but uh, there are other guys, though, that are obviously on this list. I mean, Estrada kind of took himself out of contention by leaving with back problems again. So, you know, there goes that one. But Granderson, I think, could still see being moved. And even potentially Tyler Clippard, who's, you know, he's been up and down and he's Tyler Clippard. But teams always need relievers, especially it's a lot easier to pick up a guy like Tyler Clippard when rosters are expanding. Yeah, you got 40 guys on the roster keeping Tyler Clippard in your back pocket might not be the worst move for a team that has an eye on the playoffs. So, you never know. Nope. Any other <laughs> notes before we go to the really important part of this show? <laughs> no, I think that's good. Tom Pannone got his second minor league start, and this time didn't go so well. Major league. No, minor league. He faced the Orioles again. Ah, I see. Another. <laughs> Another unnecessary, unprompted shot at the quality of the Orioles ball club, even though they just swept us. I, I admire your uh, chutzpah. Uh, we'll be right back with Swing and a Drive after this. And ladies and gentlemen, we have... Once again, an opportunity to play everybody's favorite game, or at least if everybody includes me and Josh, everybody's favorite game, Swing and a Drive, and uh, this is our theme. Swing and a Drive! It's gotta be a home run, right? Swing and a Drive! That's a catch! Swing and a Drive! It's only a double. And he's gonna make the catch that ball didn't carry. <laughs> Let's face it, we didn't have a clue. And not having a clue is pretty much the theme. I would like to welcome, of course, Josh. Josh isn't going to be playing Yo. tonight. How, how's it going? Good. It's going to be weird just listening to this happening for once. <laughs> Josh is just going to be sarcastic. And uh, if there's any judging problems, uh, actually, you know what, Josh? I'm going to have you keep score because I'm generally bad at that. How about that? Yeah, you are. Also, that's good. You got to <laughs> scorekeeper this time. All I've right. been demoted. Our contestant is Dave Church. Welcome back, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me on again, guys. Always a pleasure. <laughs> uh, you earned it. Absolutely earned it. Um, thank you once again for your patronage. How, how did I earn it? For sending the same question twice? or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Patreon.com will have all of your answers if you ever figure out how to get back onto that website. Uh, and, I, and It doesn't our... crash anymore. Oh, it doesn't? No. Good, good stuff. And our, uh, our, our challenger, I guess you would call him, is Mr. Nick Dyka. Nick, how goes it? Hey, thanks for uh, having me, Greg. Uh, Long-time talker, first-time participant in Swinging a Drive. Yeah, I, you haven't played before? We haven't made you play? Oh, first time? Yeah, this is my first time playing the, the game itself. What? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought we'd faced off at least once. The nice oh, part... Oh, no, Josh. Wipe the floor. Uh... Wipe the floor with me. <laughs> <laughs> the nice part is there is no discernible advantage to having played before. Everybody is no, on there's not. an even <laughs> even footing. So first of all, I like to test the audio. Uh, Hazel May is going to help us out tonight. So first, uh, everybody listen to Hazel. He brushed off the blurry vision as just being tired, but it turns out he had astig um, astigma it's astigmatism in both eyes. Everybody got that? 
<laughs> yeah, that came through. I thought you had a stutter for a second, but no, that was just a legit screw. No, up. that's that's uh, that's Hazel. Um, not an optometrist, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get right down to it. Um, the the options tonight will be home run. They will be uh, ball in play for a hit because they're not necessarily an extra base hit in these clips, and they will be ball caught for an out. So those will be your choices. Um, we will let you go first, Dave, in the guesses, because you are the uh, the guest. So we're going to go with oh, Randall. Okay. Sorry, sir. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, no problem. We are going to go with Randall Gritchuk. Here's Randall. Not running again. Well, I, I had to do get that out of the way. Swing and a drive. Is that Ooh, that Buck's unexcited tone suggests to me that's a home run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, can, I'm because I haven't played before. Can I guess the same thing as Dave? Absolutely. Yeah, my thinking is okay. Yeah, my my thinking is because Richard. Hits it so hard when he does connect, it's going to keep going. All right. Uh, so you're you're both saying home run. Yeah. All right. Yep. Here's part two. Left field, but it's not that deep. Martin's going back to tag it first. Upton has the throw oh, and I'm makes sorry. it in time. And oh, oh, they put it sorry, guys. <laughs> that's that's no <laughs> points for anybody. Overthinking well, it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go with we're gonna go with number two. Number two is Aledmus Diaz. So uh, it's nice to have a new new players to do swing and a drive with. Maybe the arc of the home run is a little different. So part one for Diaz, Nick, you're you're gonna be guessing first this time. We we like to alternate. So here we go. Couple of home runs there. Swing and a drive deep to center field. Ooh, another swing and a drive now. Notice he even mentioned a home run right before the crack of the bat. That's something right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going no homer. I, I'm going fly out. Fly out. Dave? Sounds like a base hit to me. I don't think he hit it out to center. <laughs> Sounds like a base hit. So we have one base hit, one of five. Now, Josh, you've, you've, you've had a moment. You've, you've gotten settled in. You've stepped back. Any tips for the guys at this point? You're, you're going to advise anybody to change their <laughs> change their guess? I think the advice on this is just like whatever the first thing that comes into your head. So for me, this was a home run. But the first thing that comes in your head, just go with it. Don't try to not, don't try to analyze it. <laughs> All right, the, the Zen and the art of swinging a drive, part two of the Diaz flyout. <laughs> Alex Smith has good speed. He makes the catch in front of the. Wall yeah. in deep uh, right center, and you can hear the crack of the bat off the bat of. Now, did you hear he made Buck made two excuses for screwing up that call? <laughs> Classic Buck. First, he said Malik Smith's speed was the reason that it was was not a hit, and then second, he he blamed the crack of the bat for misleading him. So I appreciate <laughs> Buck. Never change, Buck. <laughs> All right, uh, Teoscar Hernandez is is our next candidate. So, oh, score is, is, we did get a point there, did we not, Josh? Yeah, it's one nothing for Nick after two rounds. one nothing for Nick. So, uh, given that, we have Teoscar Hernandez. 
part one. High fly ball, deep to center field. Get up ball. That ball's going Okay, so we had a get up ball. That's our first get up ball of the day. I don't know if anybody's actually keeping track of that. <laughs> Guess is uh, Dave. Said that ball's going to and wasn't excited. I think that's a base hit. All right. Nick? Uh, I'm gonna go fly out again. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is a three-parter. I'm gonna give you the middle part, and I'm gonna give you a chance to change your opinion. So here is part two. Die! No, it's. <laughs> so that ball is going to die. No. <laughs> so does anybody want to change uh, what you just uh... said? Oh man, he, oh. you know what? He's so unpredictable. I'm, I'm sticking with fly out. Fly out? Yeah, I'll, I'll stick by the integrity of my first guess. If I if I lose, <laughs> I lose with integrity. All right. Don't say I wasn't fair. You were. go up against the wall as Heredia played it perfectly. Granderson tagged at second. And he moves to third. Oh. That's Heredia a fly out. Three fly outs in a row. What fly outs. <laughs> But they uh, all sounded different. They did. <laughs> they very much did. Uh, did we have anyone guess fly out there? Yeah, Nick did. Yeah, Nick so did. Nick's up two nothing. Uh, Man, Dave, it's gotta Dave. pick it up. Yeah, gotta gotta yeah, gotta make a comeback. Could happen. <laughs> Just about anything could happen. Uh, let's see. Uh, we want to go with Curtis Granderson. Curtis Granderson, part one of a bench type of player there's a drive deep to right get up bob get up ball oh he's he's giving instructions to the ball those are my favorite uh i'm gonna ask actually josh do you have a do you have a instinct on this one to help the guys out maybe i don't want to influence the decision come on man i'm a spectator and a scorekeeper this time <laughs> all right nick i believe it's your first guess all right i'm gonna go ball and play uh so like a hit all right. And Dave? So we have to have a home run at some point, right? The There's law no... of averages says that this, <laughs> that this must be a home run. No, that's that's not how the law of averages works at all. Still, I think, think it's a home run. All right. Here we go. Get up the wall. Here's oh. Granderson headed for a second. The throw is off. Granderson <laughs> just missed hitting a home run. Uh, just like Dave just missed scoring his first point. <laughs> Nick, oh, nice little three straight run. Wow. Uh, don't worry. We, we always have a bonus question, so we'll, we'll get to the bonus question eventually. <laughs> okay. Uh, rough, rough, rough round. It's fine. It's, it's, fine. it's Yeah, it, I mean, it happens to the best of us and to <laughs> others as well. <laughs> and then also to me. <laughs> okay, so this is a Russell Martin at bat, plate appearance, whatever you want to call it. Here we go. Part one, Russell Martin. High fly ball to left field. Martini back. Martini is chasing a Martin home. Uh, oh, almost Dude. threw it away. Oh, oh. Uh, he's, he's chasing a Martin ball. Dave, Dave, you get first guess. <laughs> Power positivity. That's going to be a home run. It's right. got to be a home run at some point, right? Ball of averages. <laughs> <laughs> it's the law of averages so episode. Well so Nick? Works so well for me so far. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go home run, too. Alrighty. He's looking up, and that ball is gone. Russell Martin with a two-run home run. You definitely gave second that one home yeah, run. I, I, I know. That's why we have the bonus <laughs> question for when I screw up inevitably at some point. Yeah, so this bonus question is worth four points. Four <laughs> points. Like given, how, given, how, given how close the game is, we do need the bonus question. Yeah, so. but this, so. this, yeah absolutely. It's, it's been very tight <laughs> contest if you've been paying attention. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a Kendrick Morales like streak here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is Justin Smoke. I'm going to play part one, but the question is not going to be the usual question. So here we are. High fly ball deep to right center field. NCRT Marquez is on the run. Okay, so first of all, I will ask you for the, the regular guess. Uh, is it Dave's turn? No, I think Nick. it's Nick's. Sorry, Nick. Well, I'll ask you for the regular guess, Nick. Uh, based, based on that clip, I'm going to go ball and play. All right. So that's only worth one point. The, the four-point part is, is Buck going to use one of his famous cliches, i.e. tell the ball to get up, tell the ball to get out of there, or somehow incorporate a swing and a drive? Or, and if he is going to use one of those, how many times is he going, or how many total is he going to use? Uh, Dave, you still have to get, guess your first pet part, right? Oh, that's right, yes. Um, I think it's a base hit, too. I agree with Nick. How bad All right. that is. Sorry, Dave. Second part. Uh, he likes using get up ball and he likes using it twice so we'll go with that nick. all right nick all right i'm gonna i'm gonna say he uses them and he uses three oh, price is right styles all right all right all right here we go this ball is gone justin smoke his nah. 13th home run no oh, oh, oh. which means dave is closer four points no, they're for both dave. wrong oh. <laughs> no, we're, we're, both, we're both wrong. You know what, guys? You know who the real winner is? All of us for getting to listen to this? Buck Martinez. <laughs> he gets every one of these right every single time. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> That's very true. Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for giving us some laughs. Um, I, I don't know what to say except that I didn't include buck's most ridiculous call of the season in this episode of swing and a drive do you actually believe that dave yes absolutely <laughs> it, it, it was pretty straightforward as buck home runs go which is a sliding scale to start with but uh, that's uh yeah and also the bar for a really bad buck call is really yeah. really high or low depending on your point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, what, what you need to do is you need to have Nick keep doing this to see if he can continue a streak like Kendrick's. Like, like do that. He, but no, he blew it on the last one. He said it was yeah. a ball in play. Oh, no, that's uh, right. It was a bonus yeah. question, it, though. It doesn't count. It's like extra innings. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, is, this yeah. Like, is this like Jeopardy where I get to go next week until I lose? <laughs> <laughs> I managed to cobble these clips together once every six months, and Nick, Nick asked, can I come back next week? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what, Nick, you can come back next week and go off all of the clips that Greg has. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Go swinging a drive the next week. 
Okay, gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up. Once again, thank you for joining us. Um, if you want to come on and play Swing and a Drive, you can slide on by our Patreon and uh, we can have a laugh together about all of that uh, in the upcoming offseason because Lord knows there's not going to be any playoffs. And <laughs> we'll talk to y'all. Playoffs? <laughs> Have a good night. Talk about the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) I am never disappointed by swinging a drive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's weird being on the other side. You know, I think I did a great job scorekeeping. Gotta say. Yeah. You're uh, you're doing a much better job than I did, although like <laughs> like Bucks calls, the bar there is a bit low. <laughs> oh, we're just gonna go straight to the questions, aren't we? Yeah. Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First, I ask a question, then you ask a question. Then how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? Alrighty, do I have the correct window in front of me? I do! That's crazy. Colleen Evans, at Colleen Evans 6, asks, From a pitcher's point of view, what is the difference between control and command of their pitches? It's a question that comes up from time to time, because um, as a casual fan, I think those, those sound like similar words. I understand how you would interpret them as similar. But from a scouting perspective, uh, as I understand it, those are very different words. But I'll let you get into the details. Yeah, and it becomes especially confusing when pitchers use it because pitchers use the terms interchangeably. When they're not throwing strikes, they say, I had bad command. But control is simply the ability to throw strikes. That's it. Command is the ability to throw good strikes, essentially. It's to be able to put the ball where you want to put it. So, you know, like a guy can have good control, but he's just throwing the ball in the general direction of the plate, whereas a command guy will be able to put it low and away, up and in, as he so desires. That's the essential difference. So he's commanding within the zone. He's directing his pitches as opposed to just controlling the overall direction of where the ball goes. That's sort of how I think of it. Right. I mean, that's, that's a good summation. And, and it's also the ability to throw the ball out of the zone in good spots on command, right? That, that's a big part of it, too. So some guys just throw the ball over the plate and over the plate and over the plate, and then that's it. Whereas, you know, see like Osuna, for example, I mean, it's weird talking about him in a positive context right now, but he had fantastic command of his slider, the ability to put that just off the plate and just down enough to get a hitter to chase, but where it's not a strike. Right. So first you must have control. Then you get command. Yes. Cool. Question two from Jobu's Hrum at Brian Donnelly eight. Do you think Billy McKinney's hot streak is changing? I, I could barely remember his name last week and he's hit like two more home runs since. He's changing the team's <laughs> plans for him long-term. Is it just gravy from someone they didn't expect too much from? Also, his swing reminds me a bit of Sean Green. Am I nuts? I'm just going to say yes to the second question and let you answer the first. Well, I mean, if you think he's if is Sean Green, then you're nuts. But the swing can be similar. I mean, Ryan Goins had a nice swing. He just couldn't hit the ball with it. So, oh man, I'm all <laughs> with the cheap shots against Ryan Goins. <laughs> but the answer to the first question, is it changing their plans for him? I don't know. I mean, so like if he does this through the end of the season, it could be sort of like a Teoscar Hernandez situation from last year where Teoscar Hernandez was basically looked at as a fourth outfielder. And then he went off and then they're like, okay, we'll give him another chance after he started hot in Buffalo. And then he went off again 
and that sort of sustained him as a starting player, even though he's sort of reverted back into that role a little bit. McKinney was a top 100 prospect, so he's not a nobody. But this kind of power was never really expected. So I don't know. I think I think he's probably like a you know a left fielder on a second division, so not a championship team. And I don't think that's changed. Fair enough. This next one comes from Bird's Eye View Baltimore. Uh, they just sent us a smug <laughs> Buck, <laughs> Buck Show Walter gift. Well, earned. It's deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on, on the other hand, um, they asked how bad the Orioles were. And then we told them, and they were that bad, and now they're not. I'm just confused about the whole thing. But it was also a response to the the so the original tweet said, "Was the sweep karma for our shots at the Orioles last week?" Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so this was a response to that. <laughs> this is our laughing smug buck. Most unfortunate. real question. Yeah. Oh, a question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, from Todd Katz at Jazzmeister2005. Long time listener, first time question. Thanks, Todd. What kind of fan reaction or reception do you expect Donaldson will get when he is in a different uniform, in parentheses, a.k.a. Red Sox, when he next plays at Rogers Center? Okay, first of all, let's not get him into the Red Sox uniform just yet. Wait, let's just take it the, the yeah. general question. When he comes back <laughs> the first time. <laughs> I think he, he, unless he really throws uh, the Blue Jays, you know, sort of organization under the bus, as he's sort of been you know, kind of poking around. I mean, if, if he's not happy, he's not happy. But if he says they're, you know, a horrible team to play for, or he didn't like Canada or something, well, that's on him. Uh, I think generally, though, he has been part of some of the best moments of the last four years that the Blue Jays have had. And he's he's been key to the Blue Jays getting where they got in the playoffs. So I, I think fans will remember him fondly. I don't think there's any reason not to. Yeah, he's going to get a massive ovation when he comes back. I, I don't think there's any real question about this. He's He was an MVP in the year that they made it back to the postseason for the first time in 20-some-odd years. So he's going to get cheered heavily. Indeed. Alex Hume at ahume92 asks, some players get sweets for games. AJ Burnett got a car service for his wife between Maryland and Toronto because she didn't like air travel. What is the weirdest baseball contract perk you remember? So there's, I got two answers here. The first one is sort of a, just a weird thing where in 2001, when A-Rod signed his big contract, he got, uh, there was a bonus for ALDS MVP. <laughs> I think we've mentioned that before. Yeah, and Jose Bautista got it again in his last contract with the Blue Jays. Uh, Which, yeah, who's writing that contract? Yeah, I mean that those are goofy, but at least, but I get it more with the A Rod one because it's a ten year deal. And there's a chance that that could come in over the life of the contract. <laughs> the Jose Bautista year was a one year deal, so that was really weird. But the real answer, Troy Gloss, and I remember this because the Jays had to pick this up. He had a clause in his contract for $250,000 a year for personal business expenses, which were paying for his wife's show jumping with, her, with horses. Of all the things that your business expense would be, would be show jumping. Yep. So, so anyway, obscure. <laughs> right. So the Jays picked that up. So they were paying $250,000 US a year for his wife to do show jumping. On a nicer note, uh, was... Doc Halliday's contract, was it not a $100,000 a year donation to the Jays Care Foundation stipulated as part of his contract? They actually do that a lot. And uh, typically it's like 1% of a player's contract that goes to the, uh, the Jays Care Foundation. Well, that's pretty cool. Those are the kind of perks we uh, could all get on board with, I think. 
Yeah. I believe that is the end of our questions, bro. It is. We didn't, uh, we, we were so excited about swinging a drive. Uh, other than a final thought, I don't think we had anything else to cover. No, no doers. I mean, there were plenty of things we could have done, but we'll save them for next week. We decided to make our fun little swing and drive the extra segment. So my final thought is the weirdness about Ken Giles, where he's just dominant in safe situations and really not when it's not. And he, yeah. you know, the latest example of that, we saw that against uh, against Baltimore. He gave up technically only one earned run, but the error was his. So he had three runs. I looked into the numbers. There's no reason for this. <laughs> his fastball velocity, his movement, nothing consistent about it. There's no actual logical reason for this to happen. And I don't expect it to happen again. So he's not, he's not working any smarter or better in a safe situation. He's just lucky. Yeah. The one thing was like an adrenaline thing. The game's really on the line but he's not throwing harder. So <laughs> that's out the window. It is, it is quite the odd game baseball. Um, I have no final thought because getting swept by the Orioles leaves me a blank canvas. I'm, <laughs> I'm a slate on which nothing can be written this week, but perhaps by, by, by the time next week rolls around, I will have figured out what is going on and, uh, and what the heck this team is going to do with itself as it goes, uh, into September with really no reason to show up except for some sort of contractual obligation. Which is to say that you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010. And our guest was Dave Church. Is it at Dave Church? Perhaps yeah. Dave underscore. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, with an assist from Nick Dyka. underscore, sorry. Yeah, Dave yeah. underscore Church. With an assist from Nick Dyka at Nick Dyka. Uh, this has been Artificial Turf Wars number 116, and we'll talk at you next week. 